this week on the Koshcast. If you had to pick your favourite England eleven, who would make the cut? Do you love John Terry or hate him? Think David Beckham was a spoiled git or adore him? Why was Steve McManaman so underused? Was Owen Hargreaves even English? These discussions, some absolutely baffling picks and a whole lot of fun. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohaned is here. Hello. Hello. Bernie is here. What up? And Roche is here. I am indeed here. Hello. Excellent. Full house. Um, I think we've never had like more full house podcasts than when there's been no football to talk about. It is quite remarkable, but I suppose we're all here and we've all got very little to do. So it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, well, it's also similar to, you know, at the lowest point in gas prices, we're not driving either. You know? <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. We're inadvertently saving the planet. Not because we want to, because we're being forced to. Good. Oh, that required a response? Well, you know, I was hoping <laughs> anyone else might show any kind of initiative, but we'll move on. Um, so we have been forced over the last few weeks to come up with some games uh, to play. Um, because there has not been enough to talk about. So this week, I think, was it last week or the week before, we ended up talking a lot about the England national team, which is always a entertaining and depressing topic. Um, but, Roche, uh, you came up with the idea of us picking our all-time, well, in-our-lifetime favourite England eleven plus a manager. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, I, j- just so for anyone that doesn't know, you know, I was born in Canada, but I was raised in England. I am culturally English. Roche, uh, what is your connection to England and English football? Well, England and English football, I guess, just, you know, the English language and the fact that I was raised watching the EPL and um, obviously watching England's failures in numerous competitions over the years has obviously, I guess, made a soft spot for England in that sense. But I think that over the last couple of weeks, we've had an opportunity to kind of do our, like, you know, our best 11s and, you know, some combinations and permutations of best 11s. And I figured uh, something that's like always at the forefront of discussion and controversy and, and punditry, even on like Monday Night Football, for example, is, is your all-time England 11. And for us in our, our listeners, I guess we can talk about 1990 until present era. So I thought this would be good fun, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah, man, it'll be good. Um, Bernie and Mohanad, we'll start with you, Bernie. Um, what what does the England team mean or not to you? Uh, you mean except for them colonizing my country? Uh, well, I was hoping you'd work that in, yeah. <laughs> uh, except for that, it, it, it's just... Well, I guess actually not except for that. Because we were colonized by them, all we ever did was watch Premier League. Uh, and we are in tune with English things like Yorkie chocolate bars, which I still contend are some of the best chocolate bars ever made. That, that is a banger, to be fair. Uh, absolutely. So when you make chocolate bars like that, you have my support. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where I stand. <laughs> Fair enough. Mohanad, how about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like with Eng- the whole English culture, I'm just, you know, living in North America for so long, I'm, I'm still so much closer to the British culture, like following British politics and British comedy shows and British sports. And I don't know, I've always just been, I think even at school, like kind of being raised on 
some kind of British curriculums and, you know, the British English, that kind of stuff. It just always stuck with me. I always have this affinity um, for British things. And obviously then, you know, watching the Premier League and, and it went from there. And England was kind of the team I always hoped would do well at tournaments. Uh, I wouldn't say it's who I supported, but it's who I always have a soft spot for. And just because I follow the league so closely, I know so much about their players. So I kind of want them to do well. Okay, let's get let's get into these lineup. Um, we didn't we didn't specify formation, um, although I don't know about you, but when I when I even just started going into this, my mind immediately just, just went four four two. Hundred percent. Like it's been it's like it's been blitzed in, into uh, into my brain. Um, anyway, so we'll do this we'll do this position by position, or maybe we'll do you know what we'll do? Let's do it defense midfield forwards in case because that will help us get over any formation issues that there might be um so we'll start with the goalkeeper uh roche who is between the sticks for you mr mustache david seaman is the man for me mr mustache david seaman very nice do, uh, do i have to justify my selection as well why not uh, you know, I just feel like there wasn't much, uh, you know, how do you say it? the talent pool wasn't exactly very deep over <laughs> here. I mean, you know, I was looking at, okay, maybe another choice would be David James. Uh, no, I think David Seaman is going to take that one. He was the better David. And, um, from there on in, it was basically, um, no contest. So I think David Seaman's the only one that really strikes my mind for this one. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Um, Mohanad. Yeah, I went with David James, and I'd like to remind everybody before <laughs> before anybody starts pelting me here, is this is about your favorite, about who you liked, and this is not necessarily the strongest team. And for me, the way I did this was I kind of closed my eyes and I thought, who who right away comes to mind when I think of this position for England? And just at the time period I grew up and everything, even though, you know, Seaman was an Arsenal legend and all that, David James just in those umbro gloves and umbro boots just comes to me. Does that make sense? Um, and even though he, you know, he calamitous James, I think is what he was called. Um, <laughs> well, he's the one that pops to mind. He's, he's just my favorite England goalkeeper. Fair enough. I mean, he was certainly entertaining. And uh, uh, Bernie, I feel like you did not go for David James. <laughs> I can't believe that Mohanad chose David James. Like, <laughs> I mean utter shock at that considering he's an Arsenal <laughs> fan that's unbelievable but no I did not go David James I went with David Seaman good man buddy good man David Seaman right I also went David Seaman um so you know that's three Seamans out, out, out of four which is a lot of Seaman um wow <laughs> um yeah Roche like you I just thought there is absolutely no competition for this position David James, uh, awful. Um, Paul Robinson, awful. Who else was there? Uh, Joe Hart. Joe Hart, awful. Rob Green. Oh, I mean, it just gets Pickford. worse. Pickford. Pickford, awful, Pickford awful, horrendous. Awful. Nigel Martin was the only one who even stood a chance. And uh, yeah, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> David Seaman, lovely. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I'm getting a lot of senses of like, we're judging these players on their abilities because then my team doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, who do we end with? We ended with Birdie, so we'll go... Oh, no, we ended with me. Okay, so um, my my first defender uh, is a right-back, Lee Dixon. Um, and I've got Lee Dixon because I liked him as an Arsenal fan. He didn't play much for England. And Gary Neville was definitely, you know, the best right-back 
that they've had over over the years that we've been watching them. But I hated his guts. So uh, Lee Dixon. Cool. Yeah, Bernie. I mean, Gary Neville is a very hateful character, and uh, <laughs> I almost dropped him because post playing career, I've hated him a lot. But I focus on the playing, so I stuck with Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He'll be happy with that. I mean, obviously, it would be Gary Neville because Bernie likes a defending right back that can't cross the halfway line. So you know, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's let's make let's make sure that Phil hasn't got in before we celebrate too much, uh, Mohanid. <laughs> Your, I went. Uh, I went. Um, Glenn Johnston. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did we say at the beginning of the pod that Alex was going to read out his worst eleven? Because I think Mohanid has done that instead. Look, I'm not going to lie. Mohanid is slowly ruining my worst eleven. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Again, closed my eyes and I thought about who left the, the most impression on me as an England right back. And Glenn Johnson was one of the, if I remember correctly, he was one of the first kind of pullbacks that had that flair about him, the speed. He was good technically. You know, for Liverpool, he had a few good highlight moments from right back. And I just feel that he's he was one of the first, um, I guess you can call him modern right backs. I know his ability wasn't to that, to that you know, but his style was. And he left an impression. I, I like the fact that he was different from, you know, the Lee Dixons and the Gary Nevilles and that that more kind of like, you know, stationary and solid right back. And, you know, he left an impression and uh, I, I chose him. So there there it is. That is an annoyingly sensible explanation, to be honest. Roche, uh, A, what do you think of Glenn Johnson? And B, what is your pick for right back? I think Glenn Johnson is like a hipster choice. And I will give Mohanad hipster points for this, um, this choice of Glenn Johnson. I personally did not pick Glenn Johnson. I, once again, found the talent pool to be very shallow. And, uh, you know, if, if we didn't have a 1990 floor um, to make our England selection, I would have ended up picking Phil Neal because, you know, I never watched this guy play, but honestly, um, he seems like a good right back from like the 1960s and 70s. Okay. But, you know, with, with the floor of 1990, I picked Gary Neville because uh, there's no one else. <laughs> Neville winning by default. Yeah, fair. All right. So uh, basically, uh, Seaman and Neville, the top choices so far. Boring but predictable. Um, center back, Roche. Uh, why don't you give us both? Give us both center backs. Terry and Ferdinand. I know that they have a little bit of uh, beef over there, over, uh, you know, off the field comments whatever you like it, but uh, I just went with uh, pure strength and just the fact that they were absolutely solid defenders, probably some of the best defenders uh, in the EPL, um, in the EPL era all time. Um, and, um, and yeah, I think they were a pretty strong combination for England as well. I mean, their, their quality is, is not, not in question, but John Terry was one of your favorites? Uh, no, no, no. This is, uh, you know, I mean... Not a favorite, but just like, you know, a favorite from like, you know, if, if this would be my England 11, I'm going to pick this, you know, otherwise if you know, a favorite, uh, like once again, the pool is so low. Like, I mean, who else are you going to pick in your center back? Brand? I, I think like, center, back, yeah, Phil, center back is where you've got, you've got the most options for me, but anyway. Okay. So Terry and Ferdinand, um, Mohanad. Yeah, so what weirdo are you about to pull out? No, of your hat? no, I, I went sensible here. I I picked Terry and Campbell. 
um, you know, Terry again, the Umbro boots that, you know, goal line clearance that kind of, you know, he's, if you, if you had to call him Mr. England, you know, it had to be Terry. Terry was just, he, he's the guy that I, I associate with England that kind of, he embodies the English game, hard working kind of, you know, that stupid leader, legend, whatever that Chelsea say. He's, he is that, unfortunately. Um, so I picked him and then Campbell just because I really like him. I, it's some Arsenal bias too, but he's, um, he's definitely underrated slightly for me. And, and, you know, so he makes my team. All right. Tolly Campbell there. Um, Bernie, please save us from this John Terry brigade. Um, so I first picked Rio Ferdinand. Uh, he's the absolute cl- classiest defender I've probably ever seen. Uh, never got a red card and had very, very few yellows for someone in his position. I think it's a record low of yellows for a defender. Uh, speed, passing ability, strength, literally could do everything. Uh, best defender I've probably ever ever watched. Um, after that, I think you have the hard man, and that's Sol Campbell for me. Um, he was a weird guy in that I never disliked him, and I found his mental breakdown kind of sad, um, which made me like him um, a little bit. Um, but honestly, at one point, for me, him and Rio were the two best centre-backs in the world at one point, and that was one and two. Uh, I know there was Anestas in them, but of course, if you're watching Premier League day in, day out, you have to be consistent with what you watch. So for me, those two were at the height. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I, Campbell, Campbell got very weird after his career. Um, he's like joined, he tried to join the Conservative Party. He uh, spoke a lot about how much he enjoys hunting he basically turned into an old white man, which was very odd. But it, yeah, dur- <laughs> during his prime, he was he was excellent. So every summer there would be a friendly between Arsenal and Barnet, like preseason friendly. And I went to that the summer that we signed Campbell. And in the first three minutes, he got nutmegged by a Barnet forward, and I was like, "What? What on earth have we done?" But he, re- <laughs> he recovered from there, so uh, to become absolutely brilliant. So fair enough. Um, my two centre backs are. Uh, Mr. Arsenal, Tony Adams. Um, I knew it. Obviously, earlier earlier in our watching career, um, but he was just absolutely fantastic. Recovered from prison and being an alcoholic to uh, to be one of the game's best centre backs, um, and he gave us that wonderful gif of him managing in Spain, which was just phenomenal. Um, and my second centre back is Ledley King, who had he had any cartilage in his knee would have gone on to be one of the best defenders in the world. And I always admired how he barely trained, but showed up on match days and was just absolutely class. <laughs> mm, it's a good point. It's a good point. Ledley King, obviously famous for that, you know, never trained and just showed up for the game and still being that good. Um, and like you said, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate kind of careers that were, I mean, he could have hit much different heights, like you said, without the injuries, but um, did we, we, we went through everybody's already, right? Center back, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I have a question. Jamie Carragher, mm. he has like little nope. appearance records, uh, <laughs> five hundred and four appearances, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, I asked you guys this on the thread recently. How good was Jamie Carragher? Not very good. So, <laughs> why, so why is he oh, like you know, legend of the game? Is it just legend of Liverpool? Because like, I mean, I you know, I. I was I was watching football when he was playing, but it was kind of towards the tail end of his career, um, and he was getting you know rinsed by Henri and stuff like that. So that's unfair. But I assume in his heyday, he must have been quite good. 
I think if you're honest with yourself and you and you watch the game and study the game and look at England center backs, you probably have Rio, Terry, Sol Campbell, Martin Keown, Tony Adams. <laughs> who, who's playing right now? I would even put Harry Maguire. There's so many players who are just better than Carragher. I feel like every time he was just getting rinsed by somebody. Like, I, I don't know. Well, how do you get... How do you get 504 appearances for Liverpool, the best team in the country so, the, over a over so the, I think time? They weren't so the best team in the country question, then. So to answer my honest question, I think that um, Carragher was, you know, born and bred in, in I, think, I think he might have been Everton, actually. <laughs> Funny enough. But I think that he had such a commanding presence on the field for Liverpool in a time that they needed some leadership. And, and over the years, Liverpool's defense wasn't really that good. It only got good after the signing of Matip and then uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, recently. So I think that there was a place for him to kind of play in there, you know, alongside Skirtle and Sacho and all those guys over the years. And, you know, Hopia and Ancho and, like, all those guys. Um, and, and he was just, you know, he was just like a squad player at the club and ended up being a club legend. And um, I think that was that. He was never really that good. It always seemed like he was at the tail end of his career. Um, but most of what he did was really just call for offsides every time they can see the goal. <laughs> so said, Wait, guys, Roche dropped the disc, disc track of all time. He said he always seemed he was at the end of his career. Carragher has 24 hours to respond. No, I, I, think, I think that's pretty accurate. Like, Liverpool weren't that good. Roche's right. Their defending was horrendous for years. Um, and he was also he was all, he could play in a couple positions, so he started his career at right back, and then he moved to centre back. And also, I think if he were playing now, he would he would get nowhere near it. But he because he's not at the technical quality, doesn't have the pace that a fullback has now, doesn't have the the kind of ball playing ability that that modern centre backs do. But for the time, you know, he was rugged, he was a leader, he was determined, he won his challenges, apart from when he got rinsed. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, his career is probably a bit overblown for the level of talent he had, but, you know, some guys just make it work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's not getting in anyone's fucking 11, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's do left back, and I will start. My left back is Graham Lasso. Uh, hey. There weren't that many to, to choose from, I'm not going to lie, for, for left back. And Ashley Cole is obviously the best, but... It, the way that he left Arsenal, his Chelsea career, etc., him generally just being a massive prick, uh, means that Graham Lasso walked into this role, especially as uh, I am an ardent Guardian reader. He read the Guardian in the dressing room and got bullied for it. Uh, so the fact that he persevered through that, uh, probably throughout his whole career, um, and continued to be a good player. I think he won the title with Blackburn, didn't he? Um, and then became a, a good fullback for Chelsea. I liked him a lot. So Graham Lasso is my left back. Uh, Graham Lasso is, is Alex's political pick. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Bernie, who you got? Uh, I went with Ashley Cole, man. Like, I'm not trying to make this freaking <laughs> complicated. <laughs> and it's, it's for, I, I like him and respect the fact that he's the best, one of the best left backs ever played. And I think that picture that he took at Roma where he was, you know, on the other side of the, <laughs> it was like so far away from his teammates in the team picture that that's meme worthy. And when you're a meme, I like you. So yeah, Ashley Cole. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Manad. Yeah. I picked Ashley Cole mainly because again, he's one of the best to ever do it. And Mahaned. 
What? This man <laughs> abandoned our club. I get it, but we abandoned him for like 15k a week. So you know. <laughs> wow. I'm the one. I'm the one that always says you take the deal, and he took the deal, and we didn't. You know, we didn't realize the kind of talent that we had on our hand. Anyways, point is, um, his battles with Cristiano Ronaldo were legendary. And as good as Cristiano is, and as good as Cristiano got after that, I think Ashley Cole did his best to hold his own, and he would have done it better than anyone. And they just gave us a beautiful one-on-one for a couple of years in the Premier League. And, and you know, I, I enjoy it, and I respect him for it, and I picked him. So there it is. All right. Roche? Uh, yeah, I picked Ashley Cole, too. But uh, if I had known that Ashley Cole would be the obvious choice, I would have picked someone else like Phil uh, Neville. <laughs> But I'm going to have to stay strong with Ashley Cole, even though I think uh, he was not the most physically imposing player, but I think he was a good player. And, uh, yeah, uh, sure choice, Phil Neville, uh, true choice, Ashley Cole. Also, come on, that two-footed tackle on Messi in the Champions League, that is a gif. That is great, yes. If he broke Messi's leg, I'm very happy about it. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. So Ashley Cole, massively the winner at left back, um, despite my best efforts. Um, okay, Roche, start us off with uh, a midfielder. Okay. And uh, just quickly disclaiming over here that I had a 4-3-3 formation. And uh, so I have three midfielders, but okay. So my first midfielder is a very obvious choice, Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick. All right. Why? I always felt like he was very underrated in the England setup. Uh, didn't get enough playing time or time to gel with, uh, you know, whatever the playing style of England was. And um, it's one of those things that I personally feel that if Michael Carrick was more involved with England, there would be more build-up play or passing or playmaking involved um, you know, with their style of play. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. And because it wasn't meant to be, it makes me uh, overly romanticize the choice that what could have been with uh, my dear Carrick, yeah, number totally, 16. Totally understand that. Mohamed? Um, I went with a 4-4-2, so I guess I'll go center mid since um, Roche went with, kind of. I, I assume that was your kind of defensive midfielder slash center mid. So obviously, <laughs> Steven Gerrard, for me, is, you know, right after Terry, what England is all about. Um, he represents... Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He represents the Premier League at its truest form before all these damn foreigners. <laughs> he, you know, he, he is what England is, just the same way Terry is. And for me, you know, Terry and Gerard are the two guys that first come to mind when I think of an England setup. And, you know, doesn't need a lot of explanation. He is the man in center mid, and he is a better player than Lampard. So, but, 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 and, and you liked him, crucially. Yes, yes, I, I like Steven Gerrard. There's nothing to hate about him. Like, he's not unlikable, so. Okay. I mean, my, my favorite thing about him was uh, when he ran onto the pitch, slide tackled, and Herrera got sent off and ran off the pitch all within like 16 seconds. <laughs> whatever was. I've never seen anything like it. We, we also remember Jared, like, again, for all the shit that happened in the tail end of his career. But come on, he was a very good player. Of course. In his heyday, just yeah. forward hit. And, and he did win, what, two Champions, one, two Champions Leagues or whatever? He got to two Champions League finals in three years. Like, come on, the guy's good. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I'm not arguing that. Uh, all right, Bernie, central midfield? Um, central midfield, central midfield. So I went with an interesting formation. So, of course you did. Wait, am I giving you all of, the, all of my central midfield? Uh, or just, just give, one, me, give, one me one. give me one. Give me one. Owen Hargreaves. Uh, right. I, I, ah. I, I, I like the guy. Um, 
obviously I was not Canadian at the time when Canadians got mad at him for choosing England over Canada, but uh, one of the most cultured uh, midfielders England has produced, although they didn't produce him because Bayern Munich did, which is why he was so cultured, um, and completely underutilized because he wasn't English enough with his Canadian accent, as they said, um, and the fact that he spoke fluent German. If they had actually played him when they had him since 2000, they would have done a lot better. Um, so, yeah, Owen Hargreaves for me. Yes, man, massively agree. He is in my team as well. Uh, uh, confession, I used to kick the ball around in the garden thinking, like, imagining a scenario in which he'd chosen Canada and the two of us played in central midfield together. Oh, well, well, now we know, now we know why he didn't choose Canada because back then the quality was probably going to be you next to him in central midfield. <laughs> well, that was part of it. I genuinely thought when I was a kid that, like, if I move back to Canada, I'll get in the team. <laughs> I mean, I think you would have. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, not anymore, but, you know, possibly in the mid-90s. Um, but, yeah, Hargreaves was a brilliant player. He was, he was the best defensive midfielder. Uh, at Bernie, as you say, in, that England didn't produce in a long time. He could pass, he could tackle, he had an absolute engine on him. The guy could run. And it was such a shame that injuries, that injuries caused his career to be shortened because he really was brilliant. And what I really loved about him was that England fans and the media, as they will do, massively wrote him off before he'd even done anything. And then he turned out to be, was it which tournament was it? Was it 2006 where he turned out to be their best player? And he, he, won, yeah. he won everyone around. Oh, yeah. And he was the only player to score his penalty. <laughs> right, because he wasn't English. That's why. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think this might be a comment that I wanted to make earlier on the left-back discussion, but, you know, we'd brought up uh, Terry and Gerard just now with Mohanad earlier, but what, if, what would Wayne Bridge think? And, and why wasn't he in contention for that left-back spot? Because he was crap. Yeah, I just felt... <laughs> I just felt, you know, as a defender, if you can't defend your own household, oh, then, you know, what good are you on the soccer field? So. Wayne, That's what bridge. I wanted. Thank you very much. We can move on. The bridge has been blown up. Okay. Um, we'll go back through. I'll start with uh, my, my second central midfielder is Paul Scholes. Um, obviously, really poorly utilized in the England setup. I heard him on a podcast the other day and he said uh, he, didn't, he didn't stop playing with England because of the left midfield thing. He just stopped kind of because he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, but he wishes that he hadn't. And uh, I wish he hadn't as well because he was obviously one of the best players that, that England's ever had. Who are you calling next, Alex? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <It's bad>. <laughs> Roche. <laughs> Roche, uh, who, who yeah. goes to central midfield? Yeah, I got uh, Skull to compliment my care. Um, I think, obviously, because there's a, a few different aspects of his game that evolved over the years. Earlier in the 1990s, when he started his career, he was more of a number 10. And then towards the end of his career, he was more of like a, like a 6 or an 8. Um, and then occasionally moved into a 10. So he was very versatile, and he adapted, his game adapted. And I just feel like if England was able to have like longevity in the center of the park, and they took care of Skulls, he could easily have been the Xavi of the English generation. But of course, England can't do things properly. And uh, Scholes is also one of those, um, you know, what could have been for England, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, massively. Um, and Xavi, I think, said that he was his favorite player at one point. Anyway, um, Bernie, who else you got in central midfield? 
Uh, I also have Paul Scholes. Um, right. Simp, the most talented player England has produced in terms of technical ability since we've been watching football. Um, and if you love technical ability, there's no reason not to, to like Paul Scholes as far as I'm concerned. So easy, easy choice to have Paul Scholes in there. All right. Mohamed, I feel like you do not have Paul Scholes. Am I right? I, I do not have Paul Scholes because you are all sheep. <laughs> um, I, in general, outside of this game, just never... And, and I know it's weird because the type of player that he supposedly is never really appreciated Paul Scholes. He's just not my guy. He will never will be. Um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. Same as Owen Hargreaves. We're going to disagree on this till the end of days, but we can move on. Again, this pick is about my favorite. So let's remember that. So next mm-hmm. card, I went with Wilshire. He played very well for England. The problem is he was injured. There was like a six-game spell where he was England man of the match, like for five of them, Um, playing kind of that deepest role, actually, in defensive midfield almost. And he played phenomenal football for them. Same same story as with Arsenal. You know, he just didn't stay fit long enough. He wasn't the most professional player in terms of his drive to be the best. We've all kind of read about that and stuff. So um, another one of what-ifs, definitely a huge what-if for Arsenal. Like when he burst off the scene against Barcelona in that game at like 16 or whatever he was, you know, he had the talent to be potentially better than Fabregas if he had applied himself. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But again, one of my favorite players ever. So I just had to pick him. Yeah, I, I mean, as a, as a fellow Arsenal fan, I obviously understand that. We saw, we saw how talented, talented he was. And one of the few players who runs with his tongue out, which is nice. Uh, but, I mean, a bit like a dog, but you know, with more talent. Um, Mohamed, who is next in your midfield? I guess you have two wide players. Now let's get the first of them. Yes, I mean, do I really need to talk about right field? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so this Mr., you know, he is the guy that is in that has to be in every single lineup. This is obviously David Beckham. And he, there's just so much about Beckham in England and you know, all the turmoil and the, all, the, all the history and all the stories and all the media and just everything around Beckham. And, you know, he is the poster boy. He is definitely England's poster boy, and there's no two ways around it. Um, and for me, he just he's captain, you know, of England for many years, and I think he has to be in every single English lineup. And obviously he's in mind. Obviously he's in mind. Okay. Yeah, it was obvious. Bernie, I know that you're going to join him with this, so uh, why don't you harp on as well? Where do I start with this man? This man who in 1999 was robbed of deserved honors of the best player in the world. 23 assists, orchestrating the treble, scoring against Tottenham in the last day, scoring in the semi-final against Arsenal, and setting up two goals in the final. By the way, in the game that United did have more shots over Bayern Munich. In. But I sorry, sorry, sorry. This before is, you go on, Bernie, before is, you go on, I, I want you to picture Sir Alex Ferguson's face when you say David Beckham orchestrated the treble. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Sir Alex Ferguson again? <laughs> I'm kidding. But I mean, he was the engine for, the, for that team. And if you are the engine of a team that, get, that wins a treble, you deserve all the accolades. And Rivaldo deserve, deserve nothing. So, yes, David Beckham. As you can see, in my very biased way, he deserves a spot in my team. Can't believe you didn't put Rivaldo in your team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so back to, to Beckham's there, uh, Roche. Yeah. Um, so third midfielder, and I guess I'm playing a 4-3-3, so no white man just yet. But uh, my third midfielder, boring choice. We already talked about him. Steven Gerrard. 
Um, terrible hairstyle, if you ask me. <laughs> terrible hairstyle. Um, not a good look. Not a fashionista. Walks with his feet pointing completely outwards. And um, always uh, starts his press conferences with, yeah, of course, you know, the gaffer and I. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, he's the All England head in that position, and that's what I picked. All right. <laughs> it's supposed to be your favorite. I wish they just blasted the man. <laughs> <laughs> Such a grudge. I've never seen someone put someone in his team. You are in control of the team. You know that, right? Like, you don't have Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think you just I mean, have I mean, an opportunity to do a Scouse accent. So, I mean, yeah, it's like my favorite England team, but I'm obviously envisioning my favorite team that wins. So, yeah, I don't know about your team. Well, fair, fair I mean, there are no fantasy points here. Like, That is funny. I mean, Carrick scores, Gerard, as a, as a three, you'd think should, should win something, but you know how, how England do. Um, all right. Uh, my other well okay so i i'm doing a 4-4-2 so i've got two players who are nominally playing wide it's going to be quite narrow though uh one of them is gaza um and obviously we were very young when gaza was at his absolute pomp um you know early 90s uh spurs lazio etc but Euro 96 was like my first the first tournament that i was really old enough to pay attention to england were absolutely brilliant um, most of the time. And Gaza, that goal against Scotland where he flicks it over Colin Hendry and volleys it into the corner. Like, it was just such a, like, seminal kind of childhood moment. And it, and it like, made me so happy at the time. And it was such a good goal that, I, you know, he, he makes it for sentimental reasons alone. And, like, just a massively unique, unique character in English football history. There, there's never been anyone like him before. There hasn't been anyone like him since... Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Wilshire comes closest in terms of in terms of playing style, but no one's ever had that kind of absolute mental that that bleached that has. bleached hair in the yeah. in the nineteen ninety um, Euros. Yeah, like we we think about Gaza and how nuts he was, and and, and these days, like you know, the the closest you probably get is Jamie Vardy drinking Skittles vodka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that Gaza is actually a really good shout for the England lineup, especially if we're going 1990 to present. But also, like you're bringing up Gaza, and I think that he, he didn't really age well. And I think it's a sad story as well. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately. Very, very. I mean, alcoholism will, will definitely do that. Um, it is sad. When you watch videos of him now, it's, like, it's pretty depressing. Um, so we won't stay on that topic long. I'll give you my other wide midfielder, and it is Steve McManaman, who... Uh, sort of like Gaza in that not a very traditionally English player, much better dribbler than most English players of his generation. Uh, was brilliant for Liverpool, was brilliant for Real Madrid, and I think he was really underutilized by a succession of England managers. So Manaman is on the left in this. Um, so you went four four two. I kind of went four three three. So wait, have I said I've said skulls? Hard. Oh, no, sorry, I'm doing a 4-4-2 diamond. Ooh. That's what I'm doing. So I've gone Scholes, Hargreaves, Beckham, and at the tip of the diamond, I'm going Steven Gerrard. Uh, wow. Liverpool banter aside, I, I once said that if there were a player, this is before players were going 50 million, I would spend 50 million on, 
it would have been Stevie G. The guy, I love players who can grab a game uh, by a scruff of the neck and just dominate on their own. And I felt like he did that in that 2005 Champions League final. He dragged them through. Is that Roy Keane, Juventus thing? He does that. And to me, <laughs> I, that's it. I mean, I, I, I hate the guy, so I don't want to be this effusive in my praise for him, but you kind of have to be when you see how much talent that they actually have. Okay. And you're sure you want him as your 10? Oh, mate. He was playing for years just behind the striker at, at Liverpool and doing an absolute great job. So he can do that for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Rache? Uh, okay. So uh, first of my white man, and now I'm, I guess, on my forwards because I'm playing a 4 3 3. Sure. So on the left side, I got none other than Wayne Rooney. Rooney and on the left. All right. I, I, I dare say that Rooney is my favorite England player of all time. Yeah, I, I don't think that needs any justification, really. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, Mohanad, who is your... I guess you're in a 4-4-2, so this is your last midfielder. Mm, good, good tabs you're keeping there, Alex. Um, my left midfielder is Joe Cole. Bernie, Bernie uh, end this podcast. <laughs> What's wrong with Joe Cole? <laughs> Joe Cole... No, no. Go on. You keep talking. Okay. <laughs> you keep breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Cole was like Glenn Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> what a sales exactly pitch. Exactly the same. He was also <laughs> one of the first kind of flair England players on the wings. Just absolute flair. Dribbling, had really good technique, could curl a ball, in, you know, cutting in on, on his right foot, putting it in that far corner. You think of the goal against, I think it was Sweden or whatever, you know, off the chest and that volley again. He was just a very, very, very technical player. And I remember him coming through. There was so much hype. Yes, he didn't live up to it, but there was so much hype. I remember people at Chelsea um, you know, saying that he's the closest thing England has to Messi. And I know we laughed at the comments and blah, blah, blah. I get it. But there are some bases. It's just the way he played, the flair he had. England didn't really ever have that kind of player until, you know, recently now in this generation where we think, you know, potentially one of the better generations. But then it was so static. You know, you think of Beckham right side, completely different player. So Joe Cole just brought something so new, so different. And I think it was which Euros... I can't remember which ones, but he just, he was England's best player in one of the tournaments, either yours or World Cup. Um, and, you know, I, I appreciate him for what he was, and he definitely makes it in my team on the left side. Um, okay, so we should all have two people left. Uh, Mohanid, who is one of your forwards? So I'll get rid of one that was already mentioned, obviously Wayne Rooney. To me, when he broke through, um, what was it, 2002 or 2004? Euro, Euro 2004. Euro 2004, that one where he was just. Literally England's only hope. Like, I think it was him and Owen up top, if I'm not mistaken. And he was just stealing the show. And he, that's when he burst on the scene for me. And I think that's when he burst on the scene for Sir Alex Ferguson as well. And it was just one of those where I was like, wow, this guy, his body didn't look like he was supposed to be a good footballer, but it helped him so much just drive through and kind of, he, you know, at such a young age, carrying a national team like that, I... Yeah, I, it's one of the best things I've ever seen um, on a football pitch. And, and I, I really appreciate Rooney. And you guys saw my my strikers list of the EPL recently. And I have Henri. And in second, I have Rooney unequivocally. So he's that good for me. All right. Fair enough. Nothing to argue with there. Um, Bernie. 
I also have gone with Wayne Rooney. Uh, <sighs> you know, he's, he's, he's a scorer of great goals and a great goal scorer. Not many players are both of those things. Uh, third in assists in the Premier League, second in goals, first England all-time, first United all-time. They're, they're, and, you know, he was, he can be a bit of an asshole, but he also is a likable asshole in many ways. So that's, that's, yeah, that's Wayne Rooney for me. I, th I think he's certainly become more likable as he's aged. I think young Wayne Rooney was fairly easy to hate. Um, but as he's, as he's matured, I, I think I, I agree with you. Um, it's the beer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it does I, I just want to, sorry, Alex. Um, sorry. Um, sorry to interrupt rudely, but, no, no. I wanted to add in on the Wayne Rooney's point. Um, you know, the red mist used to be a thing of his young career. And I think that, you know, it made him play better in some ways because towards the end of his career, he didn't really get the red mist as much, but he also looked like he wasn't really trying as much or wasn't as engaged. And I almost felt like, you know, he, he played better with that anger, even though it was a liability and he may get sent off. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Uh, I mean, we all remember that goal he scored for United against Newcastle, where he was abusing the referee one second and turn around and turning around and volleying it in the top corner of the next. I think that encapsulates it perfectly. Um, Rache, I think we still need to get one more from you. Uh, Two more. Yeah, but but right now, who, who's your next wide forward? So the other wide forward, obviously, is uh, I mean, it's like a attacking right midfield, but obviously we've mentioned him already. Um, David Beckham, Mohamed's favorite player of all time, obviously. Um, you know, this is a, you know, just my two pence on David Beckham. I didn't really appreciate him for the player he was when he was at Man United um, and during my childhood, just because I didn't want to like the same player everybody else was liking. Mm. But uh, in hindsight, I realized just what a special time he was. Sometimes he would run 16 kilometers in a game, which is, I think, very incredible. And uh, I don't think I've seen another player since then to have such accuracy with a moving ball or a dead ball to cross the ball with such efficiency. So David Beckham, obviously, a great generation talent for England. If you, if you guys have seen that recent um, conversation between Beckham and the real Ronaldo and just the praise that Ronaldo has for him and how he said, you know, if anybody would, if any English player would get into the Brazil squad, it would have been Beckham. And the, the praise that Zidane gifts for Beckham when they played together in the Galacticos. Like, it just hurts my soul when people can't look past all the media hoorah about Beckham and just, you know, like Roche said, Roche eventually came around to it. And I just feel it's such... It, it hurts me that he's not appreciated as much as he should be because of all the fandom around around his, his career and his life. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's uh, doing okay. I think he's survived. <laughs> he had everything. <laughs> I mean, I think it was also jealousy from, like, you know, the whole of England because this this one man had everything. He had the looks. He had, you know, he was Manchester United's number seven. He was the best player for a number of seasons. And uh, he had the hot wife as well. So, yep. and then he ended up, you know, he ended up making with the mega superstar deals with the MLS in the end. So he's rich and famous and all of the above. So, yeah. I mean, how can you not hear? I, I think that is, uh, that is a very good point. Eng England and the English media do love to tear down an idol. And there was a point, I mean, tastes have, um, tastes have thickened since, but there was a point at which, you know, everyone wanted to be dating a Spice Girl. So, um, yeah, jealousy, <laughs> jealousy probably does does play into it. They uh, they they really 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 wanted to. <laughs> Very true. All right, I will give you uh, the first of my forwards. Um, 
uh, he hasn't got a mention yet, but he was someone along with Eric Cantona that I kind of based my game around when I was very young, and it's uh, Teddy Sheringham. Um, he played like just off the striker, kind of in the hole uh, before we really, you know, had number tens in in the Premier League, um, and uh, he was just so intelligent. He was he was you know dropping into that little space, providing assists, providing through balls, but also a brilliant finisher. And he used to have this this uh, this goal that he would score where. Uh, the corner would be whipped out to the edge of the area and he would be there to volley it in. And Skulls did that later on. Uh, but it was just one of those those amazing things. Um, and yeah, so Teddy Sherman's my, my first strike. Um, Bernie. Uh, do I, I have one more, right? Like one more yep. player? Yep. Uh, so this is a bit controversial in a sense because I wanted someone that represented this current generation. Uh, in this list. And I thought, who do I like? Of course, Rashford. So I'm not going to put Rashford in there because that's bias. Sancho, whatever. So I went with Raheem Sterling. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I hate on Raheem Sterling a lot. But if there's a player who overcome his own sluggishness, uh, learned, <laughs> adapted, and become incredibly crucial for club and country, um, it's Raheem Sterling. I feel like I can't help but respect the way he turned himself around. Of course, he's still young, but no one thought he'd be even this good. And then if he keeps us up for the next five years, he could be one of the greatest players that we've seen as far as forward wingers, whatever you call them, at least from a statistical output point of view. So for me, yeah, I want to put Raheem starting to represent the current generation. That, that's a great shot. And not only did he overcome his own uselessness, but he overcame, you know, and constantly overcomes racism and, and the way that he gets handled in the media. So anyone else, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good uh, hipster choice from Bernie. I like it. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a quick thought on, I mean, I know we're going to discuss it at the end, but I have a quick thought on Sancho. Um, I'm slightly worried that he doesn't fit, if that makes sense. Um, I'm slightly worried that he's going to go down the Skulls Hargreaves path of just not being able to find, you know, he's too flair, he's too individualistic. Um, and I, I'm just slightly worried that he's not going to find, you know, that, that position or, or a manager is not going to be able to fit him in. Um, I don't know if, if you guys feel no, he's just too good. He's definitely going to be, a, you know, a staple, but I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I think that Southgate has shown he's included him in a couple of squads. He's he's given him games. I don't think it's going to be a problem for Southgate. I think he tends to set his his team up fairly solidly to give the front three a, a fair amount of freedom. Um, and you know when you're competing with like Rashford and Sterling for for those spots either side of Kane, I think Sancho shouldn't have too much trouble. Uh, I would also say Sancho, you know, Bernie told us last week that Sancho looks like he's going to United. Uh, and if he stays there for a little bit, he'll have Blair beat and out of him. So it won't be a problem. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, no comebacks from the, okay. All right. We'll, we'll keep going then. Uh, who else do we need? Uh, Roche, who is your final striker? Final striker. Your man through the middle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, the hitman, Michael Owen. Um, and this is one of my favorite players of the EPL of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Owen in his prime, obviously, the, you know, now with his punditry, he doesn't say the right thing. He doesn't sound like the most intelligent guy. And obviously, he had a very long tail end of his career, which was really, it was like a, you know, he just put the animal out of its misery already. But 
you know, in his prime, when he started his career at Liverpool, this player was prolific. He was he had a great finish. He could finish with a toe poke out of heaven or uh, a chip, perfectly weighted. And um, it's a really it's a real shame that once he went to Real Madrid in his career in his club career days, that his career really started to go downhill because I feel like. Uh, he really lost a lot of uh, structure in his life um, in terms of training, in terms of like the environment he was in, because I really think that he lost maybe three or four years and could have been a much, much more well-remembered striker overall. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. He, did, he definitely peaked early and injuries definitely caught up with him. Uh, Mo Bernie, any reactions to my Chloe? Um, n- no, a little bit sentimental because I, I think I said before, my dad calls him a wonderful after a highlight. I think it was a 5-1 uh, against Germany. Um, he was a likable guy, and then he became a see you next Tuesday. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I see where Rashid is coming from. I, th- I think it does make sense. Okay. Uh, Mohamed, who is your final striker? Before we get into that, I just have a quick note about Owen. I mean, he did win the Ballon d'Or in 2001 at like only, what, 22 years old. Like, you're right, he did peak very early. But that is that is a massive achievement that gets overlooked. Like, massive. And I know it's because, you know, we don't necessarily like him, but it's such a big deal. That he won't won it. Or, okay. yeah. Sorry, I, I just need to remind you, Pablo Nedman. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know. <laughs> At the end of the day, he won it, man. Like, with all the Eng- with all the anti-English bias when it came to this award and blah, blah, blah. So I just want to say that. The other thing is, you know, that injury, I remember that moment as a kid. What Was it 2006 World Cup when he got injured, like, game one and he twisted his knee? Something like that. I think it was the first game, like the first 20 minutes of a game. I don't remember my heart sinking so much during a footballing moment. Just from a humanitarian point of view, like he had just come back from injury. He was declared fit. He was ready to play. We were all roaring to go. And then just like first game of the first uh, of, of the tournament, and that happens. I just remember feeling so gutted for him, even though I don't particularly care for him. But I just, that moment stuck with me. You know? That's, that's, that's nice of you. <laughs> I mean, I remember it too, and I was very happy because I hated England at the time. But that's, um, yeah, I, I, I get right. you. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'll just give you then. I'll stop with the sentimental stuff. I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you my last striker. And again, I would like to remind you, this is my favorite players, not the best players. Peter Crouch. Fair. Go, guys. Time to go. Fair. No, I want to hear this. Let's go. So, Peter Crouch <laughs> was different. Very, very different than to anything I've ever seen in a football field before. This lanky, two-meter-long guy who should not be able to control football. You know, I just, something about him, man. Like, he, you know, the robot dance, he was so memorable. And I think the other connection I had with, with Kraft was that most of his goals came from David Beckham assists. Because <laughs> you know, they would just cross the ball and he would head it. It's like... So, it just stuck with me. He was just memorable <laughs> in my mind. And I really like him. And I like him after football. His podcast is great. He seems like a really nice guy. Um, he knows his limitations. He knows he's not the best in the world. So, you know what? He makes my team, man. I, I, I love that he, that he got a shout. All we have left to do, I think, is my last striker. Um, so, I will tell you. Uh, Bernie, I, I agree with you. I kind of wanted someone from this generation. Uh, and I did consider Harry Kane. I know it would have pissed all of you off. Um, apart from maybe Roche. Um, no. 
Yeah. Oh, it would have pissed you off? No, I'm like, it would not have pissed me off. Yeah, that's, it. that's what I thought. Because um, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he's absolutely brilliant and deserves a mention. But my actual choice is going to be Mr. Ian Wright. Um, and we weren't, you know, again, we weren't around for the majority of his career, but I saw him in his last few years at Arsenal. And he was, he was an absolutely phenomenal goal scorer. Uh, another one who was criminally underused by the England national team. And it was a time when they had a lot of good strikers. Um, but it still, felt, it still felt that they could have done more with him. Um, and to Mohanad's point about Crouch, Ian Wright is, is a brilliant guy. He's a brilliant character. He's someone that you can't... When you listen to him talk, you watch him on TV, you hear him on a podcast or on the radio or something... You're, you find smiling and laughing. He's just someone that brings out the best in other people, I think. And, uh, and um, yeah, you, you want that kind of character around, so he makes money. I'm, uh, I'm surprised Bernie didn't go Cole or York. Well, York's from Trinidad and Tobago, but Andy, Andy Cole <laughs> could have played. I made the conscious decision that I wanted one person from this generation, because if not, that would have been Cole's spot. Um, and then I got all, you know... Preachy about Sterling, so yeah. <laughs> Man, York, York always seems to me like he's English. I don't know why. He, I always think of him as being English. Did you ever hear him speak? No. Yeah, that might. It, it also happens to a lot of people because he played there since he was eighteen. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, is it interesting that four of us making, you know, out of forty-four players, not one person pink picked Frank Lampard? Well, it's a favorite. Uh, or Alan Shearer. Oh, yeah, Shearer, Lampard. Like, there's a few missing names here that didn't even get mentioned once out of four people. Like, that's a bit... Yeah, I, I, think, I think had we had, you know, if we had a Chelsea fan here, Lampard would be in the team. Yeah. But um, Jared's in the team. I mean, Two United to, be, to be... Yeah, to be fair, we got John Terry in there. We got, you know, Mohamed had Joe Cole in there, of all people. <laughs> I think that's... That's enough to have Frank Lampard in there. That's yeah, true. yeah. I, I guess it speaks to the the volume of central midfielders that England had to pick from. I, I don't know. Anyway, we all managed to not put Lampard and Gerald in the same team, and that's something to be applauded. Um, so yeah. we'll, we'll just run through the final lineups. Um, so I had Seaman in goal, Dixon, Adams, King, uh, Ledley King, and Graham Lasso. Uh Midfield of Gascoigne, Scholes, Hargreaves, McManaman, and the front two of uh, Teddy Eringham and Ian Wright. Um, so you can tell which decade I grew up in. Um, Roche had David Seaman, Neville, Terry Ferdinand, Ashley Cole at left back, middle central midfield three of Carrick, Scholes, and Gerard, and then Rooney, Beckham, and Owen. That's a good three. team. That's a very good team. It is strong. It is strong for sure. Uh, Mohamed slightly, <laughs> slightly less strong with David James and <laughs> Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Johnson at back, Terry Campbell. <laughs> In the center of defense, it's hard to argue with Ashley Cole. And then a midfield, Gerard, uh, a broken Jack Wilshire, uh, a uh, idyllic or idyllic uh, David Beckham, Joe Cole on the left, uh, Rooney and Lanky Crouch up top. Fun, fun, if not successful. Um, Bernie, David Seaman in goal, Neville, Ferdinand, Campbell, Cole, Hargreave, Scholes, Beckham, Gerard. Rooney and Sterling. Yep, I win. Definitely. No, not. no, no. <laughs> wins. Sterling seems, I, Sterling seems like the odd one out a little bit. 
Yeah. Because he runs oddly or like what? Like what are we going on? No. But Bernie needs his pace in this team because it's a bit stodgy otherwise. So there we have it. I, I briefly put down um, what I thought was the worst England eleven uh, in our lifetimes as well. Uh, <laughs> let me run through it quickly and you guys can tell me if, if you agree. Um, yeah. So Mohamed, uh, you killed me because uh, in gold, David wow. James. Uh, one of the fullbacks, Glenn, jo- <laughs> Glenn Johnson. Wow, this is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, other fullback, Danny Mills. Hey, Aaron Reed, not McDub at the corner flag. Danny Mills. He's a fucking idiot, Danny Mills. Bob, what? Uh, Matthew Upson, centre-back. Oh, not bad, not bad. Um, Michael Keane, Everton's Michael Keane. He's in the now. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yep. Uh, midfield. Upson was the World Cup 2010 legend, wasn't he? Was he there? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Uh, midfield, Sean Wright Phillips. Oh, come on, that's harsh. What? Sean Wright Phillips. No, that's spot on. That's spot on. That's spot. He was rubbish for England. That's spot on. Thank you. Uh, Thomas Cleverly. Yes. Mm. Any complaints, United fans? No. Mm. <laughs> carry, carry on. Okay. Uh, joining him in midfield, Kieran uh, Dyer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Kieran Dyer, is that his me? whole career was a controversy. The fact that he was born was probably a controversy, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, on that bombshell. I mean, remember when he fought Boyer? That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Lee Boyer and him fought, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, I, hope, I, hope, I hope you have Jermaine Janus in there. Uh, I don't. I needed a left midfielder, and I picked Stuart Downing. Thanks for not picking Adam Johnson. I was going to say. I nearly did. Come on, come on! If you're gonna, he has. If you're going for (laughs) your picks, he has to pick this guy. You know, to be honest with Adam Johnson, is that he was quite good. Yeah, he wasn't bad. (laughs) Well, Alex, the, the problem is. Adam Johnson went to jail. That's someone that who should be worst and someone you don't like at all. <laughs> like, he's the worst human being. That's is. true. That's true. David right. Bentley. Oh, that's a good shout to it. Did he even play, though? Yeah, he had one cap. Okay. Uh, okay. Alex, I want to see who your strikers are because I have an opinion. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Nolan should be in there. Yeah. Wow, big Kevin Nolan. That's a strong shout. He, Mark, he, he got Mark, a cap, too. Mark Noble. Oh, wait. <laughs> It's so much easier to pick the bad ones. It really is. It really David is. May, David Batty. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Uh, right, front two, Darius, Darius Vassell. Yes. Yeah. And Darren Bent. I have to say, for someone, nope. these guys barely got, barely got playing time, but for someone who played so much, Emil Heskey. Heskey was shit too. Yeah. Alex, what about missed, old uh, Darren Bent? The, the worst one. Uh, Darren he was, was good. He was just injured. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Alex, you missed the most, the worst of the worst, and that is Francis Jeffers. Jeffers. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. bad. Yeah. You guys spent 10 million on that guy. <laughs> yeah, at the time when 10 million like, was a lot. Did, oh, my God. Did Adam, did, did Adam play get a cup? He's Scottish. No. Tony Carty. Alex, you just have to say no. 
<laughs> so, no what about goalkeepers? What about goalkeepers? We had some horrendous goalkeepers. Yeah, David James, Rob Cock, Green, Carson, Carson, oh, Paul Robinson. Robinson Hart was atrocious. Oh God. Yeah, uh, Pickford. Pickford's trash. Yeah, they're all bad. So here's a thing. Yeah. Here's a thing. I always think Francis Jeffers is black. <laughs> Why? Why? Mohanan has literally said on this podcast that Ashley Cole's not black, but Francis Jeffers is. <laughs> you know who I confuse him with, Alex? What's that guy we signed at the beginning of our, our unbeaten run? What's his name? What do you mean? Stryker? Arsenal. Yes. Like, he played, he killed it for the first game. He scored like three, four goals. Um, anyways, whatever. Yeah, I confuse him with that. Wait, who are you talking about? People, people listening will know. Um, but like a black striker, like a, like a little like he runs around. Wiltord? Yeah. No man. Well, who? Doesn't matter. We have to get to the bottom of this. I'm I'm looking it up right yeah. now. Yeah, he's looking up little black striker Arsenal signing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Google says, "Do you mean Francis Jeffers?" It's like, "Do you mean Sylvain Wiltord?" <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, that's amazing. All right. Well, thanks, lads. And Roche, thank you for the idea. This was a lot of fun. Um, I think next week we are planning to do all time uh, just best ever 11 or something. Mahane, tell, tell us the rules. Yeah. So this one is very, very difficult. You have to pick your all time best 11 that two players could not have played for the same club ever. And two players could not cannot be the same nationality. Um, so yeah, good luck. I mean, it's very very difficult. I came up with a team already. Um, you guys are still working on some. Bernie knows cracking his brain at one, and we have one um, listener contribution as well. So if anyone else wants to join, if you could put it on Twitter, Alex, maybe we can call out a few of our listeners' um, teams at the end of the next spot. Yep, sounds good. And if you have a favorite England 11 and you want to share it with us, we are on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. Let us know and uh, we can read them out next week. All right. Thank you, lads. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. 